0: Hello listeners, Jordan here. I just want to let you know that you can listen to Nighttime early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime.
1: This
2: episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want?
0: Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more.
2: You are listening to Keep Canada
1: Weird, a weekly weird news roundup by the Nighttime Podcast.
0: Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the weekly Keep Canada Weird discussion series. If you're new here, Keep Canada Weird is the venue in which my pal Handsome Aaron Airport and I seek out and explore the more offbeat Canadian news stories that caught our eye over the past week. In tonight's episode, which we recorded on the evening of Tuesday, September 5th, 2023, Aaron and I probably spend a bit too much time talking about chips. But aside from that, we discuss the millions of bees who were recently spilled onto a Burlington, Ontario intersection, We'll discuss the world's longest arrow. We'll talk about that rocket launcher found at an estate sale in Victoria. And we'll end it all with Canada's worst neighbor. Let's get into it. Whew. Handsome Aaron Airport. It's Tuesday! <laughs> the first Tuesday of September. I'm pumped for two I'm pumped for September, you know. My life um, as a father of two school-aged children. September is kind of like the other side of the mountain where you're kind of running downhill and you got the wind at your back mm-hmm. i'm gonna have a lot more free time dude
3: oh i think the the world should be warned about that <laughs> the world of TikTok and instagram and all of your social media channels should look out because
4: <laughs> if you the,
3: thought he posted a lot of videos from value village now just wait until september
0: i'm just getting started man i'm thinking about getting a new phone for it even but anyway i I shouldn't be so excited about it. I love my kids, but you know what? I also love a bit of free time for TikTok and stuff, Uh, Mm -hmm. but enough about me. What's new with you, man? What's going on?
5: Oh,
3: this is this just, you know, the summer is, I mean, technically it's not over yet. It's a little later in September that that the calendar says that summer is over, but uh, I went for what might be my last swim of the year. We'll see Mm -hmm. how the weather shakes out this month. Uh, but I went to Gabarus and had a freezing cold swim there. <laughs> mm, yeah, it, <laughs> it would was, be. It was a challenge to get in, but but worth it once I did. But it was the kind of cold where you know in the summertime when the water's cold, but as soon as you duck yourself in there, uh, it warms up. You start to feel comfortable pretty much right away. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was not that kind of cold. This oh. was the cold where it just stays cold for most Ugh. of the swim.
0: Yeah. The kind yeah. of the kind of cold that separates the boys from the men i say
3: Hmm. yes the cowards from the brave yeah it, it was so it was refreshing but yeah I, I could only stay in for about 10 15 minutes and then i was like okay i'm not getting warm at all i've gotta i've gotta get it and get a blanket wrapped around me
0: you do better than me because i'm i'm very much I, I refer to myself often as an indoor cat my version of swimming is like heat it chlorine pool i don't even like swimming in saltwater pools i find it too adventurous Mm -hmm. Um,
3: you just like taking a nice hot shower (laughs) yeah exactly instead of going going for a swim (laughs) you're exactly right you run your hands under the the tap in the sink in the in the the kitchen
0: refreshing
3: ah what a hot day
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh other than your swim anything you want to bring up anything you want to talk about or is life good
3: Life is good, yeah, but we should probably mention our exciting news that you and I have.
0: Yeah, I'll I'll give you the honors. Why don't you lay it on us? Well, what we're
3: going to be doing this month in September is Jordan and I are going to be taping a live episode of Keep Canada Weird at this year's annual
0: CaperCon in Sydney, Nova Scotia. That's the Cape Breton-based comic book collectible pop culture convention, they reached out and said, like, we're thinking about, you know, we love, uh, keep Canada weird. We, we like what you're doing. We want to have you guys here. And then it just, it came to me like a vision. I just saw the letters K C W I R L you get it. I R L in real life.
3: In real life. <laughs> so okay. I,
0: I said, let's do it. So yeah, it's Saturday. What is it, the 17th?
3: i think so i don't okay. have a calendar in front of i guess me, nor do i have the energy to find my calendar app on my computer
0: if there are people in cape Breton yeah. in that that want to like see that sort of thing they can figure out when it is if you don't want to if you don't want to see it enough to look up when it is then we're not going to convince you no no <laughs> no, no no um well, yeah, that's that's a big announcement. Our first live show. It's security is going to be heightened. I've heard. Um, I don't. I'm not going to say there's special guests, but we have been pretty transparent in our connection with the Canadian government. So who knows who will be there? Maybe a recently single politician. Who knows? Right. Oh yeah. Why are you interested? <laughs> no, no. I just given the keep Canada weird nation, a little bit of a hint of what may be in store. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. but let's not, let's not talk about him. We got a couple listener voicemails to get to before we get into the task of keeping Canada weird. Um, let's start with this one. This actually, I'm going to save this for a little, no, you know what? We got to get right into it. This is going to be, I guess, maybe a segment before we even get into the show. Uh, we talked about sun chips last week. Do you remember? the How did they come up? What was the context of that? Well, when we made
3: a call out for any listeners who had a treat or a food that, that they would travel far distances for uh, a listener called in and told us about uh, a flavor of sun chips Mm -hmm. called cinnamon sun chips, which, which to this day jordan i still believe is a conspiracy they never existed
0: yeah that was that was zach who sent that in and he joined the keep canada weird facebook group as well and posted a photo of a bag of those quote-unquote cinnamon sun chips but uh i called them out pretty quick because to me it looked like a photoshop job um but one of the voicemails we got was from kitty over in the uk who is, uh, she She calls the show quite often and she actually went pretty deep down the rabbit hole and did, I think, some of the investigative journalism that Sun Chips needed. Listen to all the great information Kitty's able to relay to us about Sun Chips.
4: Hi, John and Aaron. It's Kitty calling in regarding the um, voice message about the Sun Chips cinnamon flavor. Um, My source for this information is a riveting little magazine called Packaging Digest, which tells you everything you need to know about packaging. Um, So basically, things started to go wrong for Sun Chips in 2014 when it launched a 100% biodegradable bag. Um, It says shortly after this, the public turned against The chips, because the bag was too loud um, and sales dropped by 11 percent. And some further information in 2015, I think they they discovered there was some kind of fertilizer or chemical in them um which doesn't sound too great I'm not sure if that was including the cinnamon flavor but uh yeah um they are still available and um, they are in the uk though they're branded under a different name um oh and i also have a story on um, the animal uprising concerning my next door neighbor's dog called zeus um but i better get back to my nursing shift so uh That'll to wait for another time. Anyway, thank you, guys. Keep Canada weird.
3: I better get back to saving people's lives and, <laughs> as opposed to talking about sunships to a bunch of Canadian <laughs> podcast morons.
0: Yeah, there was an old guy down in the hall yelling,
5: Canada! Help
3: me. I need, I need my medication or I'll die. I just this one second. I gonna finish wrapping up about the sunships.
0: <laughs> uh do you remember when like she she jogged my mind. Do you remember when Sunships came out with the biodegradable packaging? I do remember that.
3: I don't remember having a visceral reaction to it though. I remember thinking my only impression of it is that it looked like a bag of chi- a bag of chips if it was left outside in the sun for a couple of weeks mm-hmm. and then the the fact that they're called sun chips is probably appropriate
0: you know but
3: and and yeah. the bag is faded and, and sunburnt and and all of these things and it just kind of look it looks old and 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 something that like you find under the ground
0: mm. what what is weird is uh, kitty said um the buying public kind of turned on them because of the noise of the bag and it i remember there was a time when harvest cheddar sun chips were like my go-to chips and then i thought like why, why did i ever stop and you know what i think it was was at the time they came up with those biodegradable bags i i have this memory of like eating one and uh, eating a bag and every time i would move it it's like, krunch, krunch, this awful sound and it felt weird on my fingers um and i think that's why I stopped eating them. And I think Kitty like, yeah, did some actual research. That was fantastic. Um, Kitty didn't really shed too much light on if the cinnamon Sun Chips are real. I don't necessarily believe in that, but it was good to get some background on Sun Chips. But that's not the only call we got about Sun Chips. Let's hear from Corey, and then we'll get into the stories.
3: I'm not surprised where you have a wave of calls over Sun Chips
6: hey guys it's Corey calling from bc just listened to your latest podcast and uh, the sun chips i've never heard of cinnamon sun chips i'm a big fan of the harvest cheddar sun chips but cinnamon doesn't sound good and i'm with you guys i don't i googled it actually and i know it's a thing but they don't sound appealing to me so that's just my two cents on that um My other comment about food that people would travel for is I know someone that's British and he talked about his favorite chocolate bars, the Flake and the Twirl, which are by Cadbury. And I've never heard of them in my life. I've been to Europe, but I didn't even know they were a thing. And so I ended up ordering these chocolate bars just to give them a try. And it took over two months to get here. they were really nothing special, but I'm shocked that no one I know has ever heard of them. So I'm kind of curious if you guys have and maybe if any of your listeners have any insight on why they're only sold, well, not in Canada. So that's one of my comments on the food episode. And, yeah, I enjoy listening to you. I look forward to you every week. You guys take care. Bye.
0: I think there's only one person who could figure out the mystery of why those things aren't sold in Canada or if they are, and that's Kitty, the last caller. I think we're making connections here for people.
3: Mm-hmm. I think we've spent more time on sunships on a podcast than any other human being on earth. Do
0: you that's- think? This is definitely the deepest dive Sunships have ever got on podcast form. But I would uh, like
3: to see a, I would like to see a sales report of Sunships before this episode, the last two episodes and and afterwards mm-hmm. to see if there's a correlation in the either
0: rise or fall of Sunship sales. <laughs> uh, there's definitely an effect on it, but I don't want to give them any more free advertising. We got too much work to do here we got to keep Canada weird. We have an interesting collection of stories that are going to help us uh, do that task. We're going to hear about what is said to be the world's largest arrow. We're going to talk about a bee attack in Burlington. We have the story of a rocket launcher, and we're going to hear about a ridiculous crime and a ridiculous trial related to said crime in British Columbia. Where do we start with this? What do you wanna jump into?
3: My heart tells me we need to go after the bees first. Ah,
0: That's a good story. Uh, This this is one of those stories where a collection of listeners contacted me with the story of the bees in Burlington. I'm so excited to share it. I wanna talk to you about bees though. Are you afraid of bees? (laughs) Do you dig bees? Do you understand Uh, the role they play? And I I I
3: understand and respect the role that they play in our overall map of the earth, uh, what they contribute to humanity and, and the planet and uh, everything that they do for the entire world. I respect the bees. I, I, I do have a healthy fear of the bees.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: I understand I can be stung by them. Uh, I like to give them their space. I don't like to be show any signs of aggression towards bees um but you know when i'm around them they don't bother me i don't get too afraid you know i understand that they're not going to sting me unless i'm coming after something
0: important that said though have you ever been stung
3: not by a bee no
0: okay i have yeah i hate doing when i have a story from my past that is like a formative and important to me i kind of hate talking about it on the show because i inevitably will have someone say you've told that story like five times (laughs) uh I'm going to go there. I I have a bee story. I want to share with you. I'm terrified with bees. I have been my whole life. My mom is scared of bees. That's probably why I am. But I did have an experience when I was a kid that maybe led to, uh, this story giving me the heebie jeebies. So of course I grew up in the era of children playing a game. We used to simply call guns. We would play guns, which is like (laughs) running around with toy guns, pretending to shoot each other. Uh, we and I grew up on a dead end street that like went into the woods. So there was lots of woods to play guns in on one of those days out in the woods, playing guns, summer day, not probably not unlike today when you were down in Gabarus, um, me and a guy who lived two doors down from me named Brian and shout out to Brian, if you're listening, uh, we were on like a team. So him and I were like, probably dressed all in green, maybe with our face painted running through the woods, uh, with toy guns. Brian th- saw a group of like a patch of ferns, which are like these big leafy grass things that kind of grow out of the ground. And Brian thought it a good idea to jump down and hide in the ferns while we wait for the other people to approach and we would jump up and get them. Uh, so Brian jumps down first, lays in the ferns. I jump down next to him and the ferns next to him. And we just lay there for, I don't know, 10 seconds. And then Brian jumped up screaming like a high pitched, vicious scream like a death curdling scream uh i looked at him and and as he screamed he lifted up his arms and i could see like on his shirt in his shirt and all up in his underarm area on the inside of his arm it was just caked with bees he must have had like a thousand bees all on that one area and he's screaming and flapping and starts just like Running away towards his house, of course. And I I didn't have one bee on me, but I ran with him. And as he's running, he's pulling his shirt off and slapping himself. There's like a, a, it's like out of a movie. There was like a fog of bees around him. By the time we get like out of the woods towards the street where our house was, our houses were, our homes were, there was just like still like a couple bees on him, but he was already like all red and welted. He was. I have this one vision. This is, again, this is 30 years ago, but I can, I remember it like it happened earlier today. He he put his hand on his shoulder and kind of wiped down his arm. And as he did, he like was like peeling bees off of his body that were stuck to him. Anyway, we get to his house as he balls and cries, trying to tell his parents what happened. And they immediately like put him in the, um In their car, rushed him to the hospital because he had so many bee stings. Turned out he was okay. But what ended up happening was he laid right on a bee's nest is what we expect happened. And uh, I think I, I remember a number going around that he was stung like 500 times or something like that. But anyway, ever since then, I've been even more scared of bees.
3: Now, are you sure they were bees and not
0: wasps? Well, what's the difference? Between bees and wasps and hornets, I know that's a thing. I have no idea what the difference is. So, yeah, they're different insects. Keep in mind, I've grew, grown up as an idiot. There's bumblebees, no. which are what we call, which I call like the big fat ones. Mm-hmm. And then there are bees, which are wasps. And then there are no bees, which are like the or hornets, which are like little bees. No, stop hey, tell it. Me, tell me, <laughs> <laughs>
3: what are they then? <laughs> They're just different insects. Like when a bee, like a, it sounds. Now I'm not an expert. I should also clarify. Okay, but this is of, a,
0: it's a great segment.
3: Yeah, yeah. Let's talk <laughs> about sun chips. Uh, it's just that, um, like bees, will only sting if if you're if they're kind of. And and any listener wants to feel free to send a voicemail and correct me if I'm wrong, but. A, bee, a bee's only going to sting if you're kind of threatening the queen kind of situation like if okay. you're but wasps cuz a bee can only sting you once and then it dies mm-hmm. so when the bee stings you it leaves its its stinger have these prongs on them so when it when the stinger enters your skin and then the bee goes to fly away basically it's stinger is left inside you and kind of the insides of the bee get kind of torn out and the bee dies. So it only gets one sting and, but hornets and wasps, they can kind of sting you Ooh. repeatedly. Okay. So if he's covered in, cause you could be covered in bees and, and maybe you might get stung, once or twice, but you're not going to get stung.
0: Okay. Over th- and over and over. This again. guy was getting like attacked.
3: Yeah, it sounds like wasps. Okay. uh I think it was wasps.
0: They were the vicious ones that are always around Tim Hortons drive-throughs.
3: Yeah, those are wasps.
0: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, a long way to the story. I could talk about my fear and phobia of bees and heights all day, but let's hear about what happened in in Burlington. So, long story short. Just before 6 a.m., a pickup truck was hauling about 5 million bees in crates, and it was on an open-air trailer, so like, kind of like a flatbed thing it was hauling behind the truck with all these crates on it. It was passing through an intersection in Burlington, and for whatever reason, the load shifted, and some of the crates fell off the trailer, crashing onto the road, creating a fog of angry honeybees. Listen to this.
2: First responders near Toronto had to pivot to plan B for a stinging early morning emergency today. An accident that set free millions of wayward pollinators. CTV's Allison Hurst with our story. A swarm of activity on the side of the road as beekeepers try to coax bees back to their colonies.
5: I woke up to my wife saying there's Something going on outside, there's all kinds of bees or something.
2: Dave Lloyd went to see, saying his phone was buzzing, that police were warning neighbours.
5: They called just to say, you know, stay in, told him what was happening, and stay in the house and keep your windows closed.
2: A number of them sought refuge on his mailbox.
5: It's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, everybody's been texting us all morning. Is that in front of your house? Yeah.
2: Halton police say the load came loose and a number of crates fell off the trailer.
3: Leave the strap somehow came loose or loosened and, and the crates fell off of that.
2: Sending some 5 million bees buzzing into the air. I've never seen I don't think any of us you know have ever seen anything like that. So they called in experts. Just got a call from Halton police to come help out with bees that fell off a truck. Local beekeepers from the surrounding area like Luke Peters. It's typically never good news when you get a call from the police and uh, I'm just glad like you know, obviously no humans were hurt in, in this situation. Peter says they did lose several thousand bees, but colonies can survive. <laughs> Adding that most are made up of sixty to eighty thousand bees. Now they hope by leaving some crates the bees will find their way home. They communicate by by smell, um, by by sight and all that. So they they will start to communicate in those ways and, and figure out their their way home. So hopefully sooner rather than later. And buzz off to their next destination. Beekeepers say it could be a week before they learn the true loss. Allison Hurst, CTV News, Burlington, Ontario.
0: That's like my nightmare, some of those scenes. Uh, In that video that we just watched from that news report, you see the sky just like full of these bees. Um, That that freaks me out, but they managed to get them under the control. And this also, one other thought before we get go into it this also calls back to it something we talked about last week we talked about the raccoon invasion and the people who had the raccoon in their house decided to call the police and i thought you know what a weird thing to decide to do call the police about this raccoon in this case all the bees fall they also call the police
3: Hmm. yeah well who you who are you gonna call man like is this really um but yeah the police must have been like I don't know what else was going on that day, but but some of the things that they have to do in the run of a day, like getting raccoons out of people's houses, and then getting a call be like, we've got six million bees (laughs) on the highway. You got to go and get them all back in their hives. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like that's just madness. Like you, I, I I couldn't be like a police officer can't make enough money. (laughs) to do that kind of a job Mm -hmm. you know Like,
0: i feel like uh, i like the idea of like the small town cop i feel like those are the ones that end up you know you work on like some highway in the middle of nowhere you're the guy who gets called in for like you know the bees the raccoons um but anyway this this happens in front of your house how do you deal with this aaron
3: well i call a pest control company i guess i don't know my nephew kind of keeps bees i probably would call him See if he
0: had something to say about it um i hate to to go here to bring this up but you know when you listen to a podcast and they're talking about something that you know a lot about and -hmm. you're like oh my gosh i'm just realizing now how stupid this podcast is uh anyway as we're talking here i've been reading the live chat on youtube uh someone in the chat named janika says uh i'm loving this segment i'm actually a beekeeper (laughs) uh that sucks being a beekeeper or (laughs) no like having someone who knows about all this stuff listening to this right now
3: yeah just cover your ears for this segment and then come back in when we're talking about another raccoon stuck in somebody's you know living room and
2: then
0: you can (laughs) then <laughs> you can enjoy the podcast at that point. Um, so you're going to call some, so these bees end up in front of your house, 5 million of them. You would think about pest control calling someone like Janika beekeeper. I guess I wouldn't think to call a beekeeper.
3: Well, I don't, I don't, my, my nephew is a hobbyist, so it's not the kind of thing where it's like I call and get his opinion on it after I called authorities you Mm -hmm. know i would call the police yeah they're gonna direct me even to like they'll call a beekeeper you know like i don't have a a list of beekeepers mag you know (laughs) magnetized on my fridge so
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) just to in case something like this happens all right well let's uh let's move on for the people of burlington i hope you're all all right i hope no one got stung i hope the bee colony doesn't collapse and uh, everyone gets their honey.
3: Yeah, well, I will tell you what I would do is I would I would boil some water and I would get a nice fresh lemon and I would uh I would squeeze some lemon and and cut up some lemon into my into a cup and then I would pour the the boiling water into that cup and then I would put the cup with the with the boiling lemon water on my step and I would wait for the bees to put some honey in it and then I would enjoy that drink. <laughs>
0: I drink that when I'm sick. I'll have like hot water. Oh, I'll drink it alone.
3: anytime. Anytime. Yeah. It's delicious.
0: You were talking about um, earlier how I don't like to swim and my idea of like refreshing thing on the on a hot day is putting my hands in the sink. Uh, if I'm sick, I'll drink lemon water, but I also make a lemon bath. I make like the water as hot as possible and put a bunch of lemon juice in there. And then I get in it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And then it's the only. Just... Th- just sit smell there. like
3: lemons for a week. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mrs. Nighttime must love it
0: when you do that. There's that's probably low on the list of things that irritate her about me, but yeah, it's mm-hmm. probably on that list. Uh let's move on. Let's, let's let's go back to a listener a piece of listener mail. We got a lot this week. We've talked about sun chips. Um we have another food listener a food related listener mail item. Uh, last week we talked about how Kleenex were leaving Canadian stores. You remember that, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, well, apparently there's a whole bunch of other common items that are leaving Canadian stores. Uh, a listener named Dave, who works in like kind of like a supply warehouse, he kind of has his fingers on the pulse of what's coming in and out of grocery stores in Canada. And there's stuff that he's noticed that I don't think the mainstream no- has noticed. So let's call this an exclusive. Listen to this.
5: Hello, Jordan. It's Dave from Vancouver Island calling, sitting in a warehouse uh, for a grocery store. And you were talking about all the items that are disappearing from shelves uh, as being no longer made and such. Uh, And there's a couple on there that uh, uh, you may have missed or maybe in an early episode I didn't see. Um one of them being the Dad's cookies, the uh chocolate chip version. When Christy bought them up, they shut down the chocolate chip ones that were very unique uh to Canada. And the latest one is a company over hundred years old, and I'm sure you've had lots of uh sandwiches with it, and that is Craft Jams and Spreads. No longer available. It was one of our best sellers in the store, um, but they have shut down production, I guess, and decided that Canada doesn't need pure craft jams anymore, which really sucks because the other options are nowhere near uh, the same quality. Anyway, love your show. Want to put this one in there for you.
0: So the dad's cookies. I. I know what they are, but that's not a product I, I ever buy, like dad's brand cookies. And it, specifically the chocolate chip ones are the ones that are no longer being made or sold in Canada. Mm-hmm. But the Kraft Jam blew my mind. And after I got that voicemail, I thought, like, there's no way Kraft got rid of their their blueberry and strawberry jam products because they, they have been around since I was a kid. They were like the go-to jams. I went online. And I did a bit of googling, and I, I found a whole bunch of people talking about why are there no craft jams in our store? Why is this grocery store? Does anyone know where you can get them? But yeah, it seems like like Dave kind of broke the story there. Craft jams don't appear to be for sale anymore in Canada. I'm surprised there
3: wasn't a news story about this because you they're, know they're, they they're big, they right? did the yeah, yeah, they did the Delicio news story. You know, they did the Kleenex one. Why not Kraft Jam? I mean, I would think that would be just as equal as a
0: bombshell
5: mm-hmm. of, yeah. it,
3: of it leaving the, the the grocery stores of Canada. Like yeah. that's that's wild.
0: That's a big deal. And for people listening who aren't in Canada, Kraft is like a, a very popular brand of foods. They make all sorts of every type of food. It seems like they make they make all all sorts of food. Items, But their jam in particular, like from the time I was a kid till now, till I got that voicemail from Dave, when you go to a grocery store in Canada and you go to the like the fruit jam section, there's going to be like a whole bunch of craft and then a whole bunch of like either higher end or way lower end versions. But craft are like the baseline, good quality jams in Canada my whole life.
3: Mm-hmm. And, and not just in the grocery store, but when you go to a restaurant, say for breakfast, mm. and you want to put jam on your toast, usually in the little tray on your table, there is craft peanut butters, little packages, yes, Kraft that's right, jams. You know, like mm. so. Uh, I wonder if they're going away too.
0: Mm, that would be interesting to see. I never thought about that, but yeah, that's uh, things are changing, man. And I can, and I am not going to say things are getting better
3: no it's only getting worse it's just what are we going to have left by the end of this no the dad's cookies I I've seen them but I've never had I've never had one
0: Hmm. um you know what we may not have craft jam here in Canada but what we may have is the world's largest arrow so maybe that's what we're going to be left with hopefully this is a consolation for you uh you ever get into archery if push came to shove could you shoot an arrow through a man
3: I've seen Robin Hood with Kevin Costner a number of times. Okay. So I'll take that as the closest that I have gotten to archery.
0: So you're into archery is what you're saying. Yeah, I'm
3: really into it. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: You probably aren't as into it as an archery club in Northern Alberta who is shooting for a world record, the world's largest, for some reason, arrow. Listen to this
1: small town uh, just north of us here in Biche has a very big attraction to show off. The Lakeland Archer's Building is now home to what could be the world's largest and longest arrow. Amanda Anderson has the story. St. Paul is known for its UFO landing pad. Mundare, the sausage, Drumheller, the dinosaur, and Biche now has a giant arrow. It's 80 feet, one inches long um, to date. It is the longest arrow that we know of. found out that the longest arrow was in in, uh, Russia, and it was uh, 49 feet. It took seven days to make. Jamie Sturgis says the hardest part was keeping it straight.
0: Just because it is over 80 feet long, um, and it is made out of 661 T-aluminum, so it is not flimsy, but it's just like a regular arrow, right? Just on a way larger scale.
1: Getting it from the shop to the Lakeland Archers building was also a challenge.
6: When you see it beside a building that's 100 over 100 feet long and it's it stands out, it, it sticks out.
1: Uh, we have one of the, the nicest archery facilities in North America, and I figured what would be neater than to have a couple of world records sitting beside it. But in order to qualify for a Guinness World Record, the arrow needs a bow. Given the arrow weighs about a thousand pounds, Rainey Schaub says they'd need to build a bow that's 50 inches wide, 150 feet long, and 600,000 pounds. We could probably go as a structure, uh, a sculpture, I'm sorry, sculpture, and uh, that's uh, would be um, uh, similar to the biggest pierogi. Uh, I really hope we get to do a bow in the next year or two. And The Arrow, a new attraction made possible by the community. Everything was donated. Um, we're still uh, trying to work with the uh, Guinness and if there's a fee on that, the Lackawanna County will pick that up as well. As it waits for an official world record, the club is preparing to show it off to the world when it hosts the World Field Archery Championships in 2024. Amanda Anderson, CTV News, Edmonton.
0: Hey, where do, where do we start with this one?
1: Uh, I don't know. Did
3: he? I, I, this is the second or third time that I've listened to this news story. And there's a part of it that I'm confused about what he's saying when he's referencing some of the larger items. Does he say world's biggest pierogi?
0: I heard that too yeah i it does sound like he listed the world's biggest pierogi and he also seemed like he maybe offered some kind of like payout to guinness as well guinness book of world records because they won't give them the official world's largest arrow because you need to have a bow that can shoot it and this arrow is too big to have a bow and he 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 says something like if there's any kind of fee associated with it the town is gonna will pay for it will pay it is he offering to like? pay a fee to bypass the rule about the arrow needing to actually be shot?
3: I think what he's referring to is that once they have the the world's biggest bow created, (laughs) then if there is some kind of an application fee involved in having Guinness come down and verify it, then the town will pay that okay uh that's that's how i interpreted it but i'm not
0: sure i I think the fee to have guinness uh actually put it on the books is going to be a drop in the water compared to their like whatever they said four hundred pound bow they would need to build to shoot this stupid thing here's it let's let's talk about Is, is is this we talk a lot about roadside monuments weird things like this that towns in the middle of nowhere will do to get their name on the news for a second uh is this weird is it okay is it cool what do you think of it's, this arrow it's
3: definitely not cool
0: okay
3: <laughs> no it's it's the <laughs> opposite of cool and i have to be honest it doesn't look like the world's biggest arrow to me it looks like the world's biggest dart
0: oh you're right it kind of does look like a dart it has a uh but i don't, I don't know it, it maybe Due to the length of it, it may be hard to show it on the uh, to vi- show it visually on TV. So maybe I think we'd have to see it in person. But for someone who hasn't seen this giant dart, to me, what it looks like is uh, it's made of fence poles. He describes them as like aluminum, a bunch of aluminum poles or whatever connected. It looks like the aluminum poles that would hold up like a you know like a steel fence or whatever. It looks like a whole bunch of them welded end to end but then they have a big sharp thing on the back and then the on the front and then the fins on the back. Um, it doesn't look especially cool. A large dart isn't especially interesting. Yeah, maybe it's the world's largest, but when you're talking about being the world's largest, biggest, the world's most whatever, you're talking about getting in the Guinness Book of World Records. And the world's largest arrow, according to the Guinness Book of World Records, needs to be shot. So why don't they mm-hmm. figure out what that is and go for that and try to make a bow to shoot it. I think they just made a big giant arrow thing for no good reason.
3: Well, what they should do is say, you know, they called Guinness and they said, "All right, we've got the world's biggest arrow. We want it confirmed." And then Guinness says, "Well, in order to have the world's biggest arrow, you must also have accompanying it uh the world's biggest bow." So, l- until you have the world's biggest bow, we can't confirm uh, that this is the world's biggest arrow. And then they just call back the next day and say, So we have the world's biggest dart here. <laughs> Can you come and confirm it?
0: Yeah, that's that could be an angle. But the problem is it's outside of a car, an archery club. So we have the world's biggest dart by the archery. Yeah, club. they already yeah,
3: they this already is showed like, their cards, you know, yeah. it's it's too late for them to 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 reverse it and say, No, 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 it's an arrow. It's a dart. It's a dart. It's a dart.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's like did you whatever, call here yesterday?
3: It's whatever you want it to be to get in your goddamn book.
0: <laughs> uh, it's kind of a flop of all the roadside monuments that we've talked about. I call them roadside monuments. Of all the things like this, I still prefer the ugly mermaid we talked about a while back. I love the potato man in New Brunswick. Mm-hmm. Um, I even like those big balls. Uh, remember the man got stuck in the balls? <laughs> I like I like those more than the arrow dart.
3: What do you like? You're at? gonna have to trim that statement out of this in editing, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I even like those balls, <laughs> I like those big balls. <laughs> oh
0: man, um, uh,
3: yeah, it's and you know, for those listening who aren't seeing the news footage uh, and where the the world's biggest arrow, as they claim, is located, they have it it's not on display in the way that normally the world's biggest anything is on display. Mm -hmm. Usually it's out in the open where people driving by can see this thing is right next to this big, long building that they have. So it almost looks like, like say if you had some old wood or something or a bunch of old junk that like you plan on throwing out next spring (laughs) and you just kind of pile it next to your shed. That's the way this, Giant arrow looks next to this building. Is like it just I'm gonna put this here and i can throw it out in heavy garbage in the
0: spring. Mm, um I find it looks like just like the world's most dangerous handrail. It where it is on the side of the building, it it looks like it's about at the height that if you walk next to it, you could just put your hand on it and it would just be like a whatever, like an eighty foot handrail with a giant spike on the front of it. um Regardless, nah, I'm not going to visit this place in Alberta to see this stupid arrow no no just watch
3: just watch Robin Hood again with Kevin Costner and you'll Mm -hmm. be fine
0: yeah get my fill that way let's move on to another story I I got two text-based stories that I'm going to read to you that are both fascinating the first one like it This involves a rocket launcher. I just, I'm going to put that out there right from the, right off the bat. You know, that I'm i I'm a member of, well, my sons and I, we say we're members of a gang called the bargain hunters. And what we do is we go to flea markets, yard sales, estate sales, pawn shops, and we look for bargains. Um, The next story seems like something the bargain hunters don't want to run into. Listen to this story about what turned up at an estate sale. Actually, before I read it, you know what an estate sale is, right?
3: Well, when people are selling everything that's in the house. Like if somebody dies or, mm-hmm. or, or whatever the circumstances are and everything must go. So you yeah. just have an estate sale, sell off all the furniture, the arch, the belongings,
0: everything. The couch, whatever you want. And generally like a state sale would imply that it's like, you know, someone died and like their kids or something who are in charge of their estate and their affairs after they're selling everything off they're going to sell the house. So yeah, that's generally what an estate sale is. So usually the people selling it, they don't own it, they're just kind of responsible for it and are liquidating it. So listen to what turned up at an estate sale in Victoria, BC. So I'm going to read you a bit of a CTV article. Military bomb disposal technicians were dispatched to Victoria, BC this week after the organizers of a residential estate sale uncovered a Canadian Army rocket launcher inside the home. The 66 millimeter rocket launcher was identified as an M72 high explosive anti tank weapon that contained no explosive warhead. The launcher was surrendered to Victoria police, who then called in the military. So I just want to say this is another case where someone calls the police for something that isn't necessarily. You know, there's a raccoon Mm. in my house. There's bees outside. I found a rocket launcher. (laughs) Nobody's
3: Uh, being murdered, but I did find a raccoon.
0: (laughs) Uh, I'm going to continue here. A team of bomb disposal technicians from Fleet Diving Unit Pacific based on the Canadian Forces Base Esquimalt responded to Victoria Police headquarters around 2 p.m. However, as the Canadian Forces is responsible for disposing of all military ordnance, including any associated materials, the team removed the item from the scene to be disposed of at a later date. So in short, they're selling stuff. They find a rocket launcher, call the police who call the military. Everything's safe, but the military takes it. Do you think the military like, disposed of it? Or do you think someone in the military is like, this is cool and it's safe. I'm going to take that home.
3: Um... I guess it would depend on who it is. I don't know. I mean, would that interest someone in the military, though? Because they've probably handled them a number of yeah.
0: times. Yeah, it reminds them would to that work. Just
3: be, yeah, it'd be like if you if you worked at Tim Hortons and, and all you did was pour coffee all day and then you get home and your your husband wants another cup of
0: coffee and you just throw it at yeah, him. Yeah, so that's right. But uh, I, I don't know, like a rocket launcher. <laughs> You're in the military. Do you get bored of a rocket launcher? Like, of course ugh. you
3: get bored of anything
0: anti-tank weapons
3: oh god I'm I have to I have to parachute out of this helicopter again today into the water
0: <laughs> so boring <laughs> uh I I think if I was at an estate sale and I found something like this I would want to buy it but I guess I would be freaked out I, I looked at the photos of it on the news and it does look pretty dangerous and technical uh, but I guess it goes to show, like, you never know what you're going to find if you just go poking around in people's homes. It'd be a little weird to find it in this context. But why do you think the owner of the home had this?
3: I'm sure uh, the owner of the home was a uh,
0: maniac. <laughs> it's the only example, right? The only explanation. Because just like mm-hmm. you said, if this, if the owner of the home worked in, you know, the Canadian forces or something, what would you want to take that kind of thing home with you would remind you of work be like at the you know after the you retire from the call center you're not going to you know fill your house with headsets
3: no no but Mm -hmm. if you're a psychopath
4: then then yeah yeah you're gonna Uh, go
3: on the black market and get your rocket launcher and take it home with you and wait for your neighbor
0: to do something stupid oh that's a perfect segue because i got another story about bc's Maybe stupidest crime, but definitely worst neighbor. So we just heard about the rocket launcher in Victoria, BC. This stupid crime, awful neighbor is in BC somewhere. I can't tell exactly where. So it could very well be the next door neighbor of the estate sales, uh, maybe maniac. Let me tell you about this incident that played out in BC recently. And the, the, it played out last year, but it just went through court listen to this, a BC woman who repeatedly trespassed on her neighbor's property and cut the tops off of cedar trees with a chainsaw has been ordered to pay nearly $150,000 in damages. The neighboring properties were separated by a chain-length fence with a cedar hedge com- comprised on the side owned by a numbered, co- a numbered company, according to the decision. The cedar hedge provided a complete privacy screen between the two properties, which was something that the two individuals lived on the plaintiff's property valued about the property um suckwinder car was found to have entered the neighbor's property on multiple occasions between july and december of 2021 the court heard the trespass has been clearly proven by photos and video which included among other things a video of the defendant climbing over the plaintiff's fence onto their property and wielding a chainsaw in addition francis Uh, Noted that, which is the judge presiding over the case. In addition, the judge noted that the evidence showed the police were called on at least two occasions. And the officer told Katkar that her actions constituted trespassing and that the trees were not hers to trim. Approximately 30 minutes after the constable left, the defendant re-entered the plaintiff's property and continued to damage the plaintiff's cedar trees in direct contact contravention of the warning by the police, not to mention the the repeated warnings given by the plaintiff. By December of 2021, 75 trees had been damaged. Where they once stood 15 feet tall, they had been reduced to just four feet. In addition, a hole had been cut in the chain-link fence. The numbered company sued Katkar for trespassing, seeking reimbursement for the cost of replanting the hedge, general damage as compensation for their losses, and punitive damages. The tree vandal offered no viable defense and did not attend court when the judgment was handed down in the civil case. The judge had no trouble awarding the claimants the full cost of remediating the damage which came to just under $60,000. The judge also found that the trees planted in the replacement hedge would take between 10 and 8 years to grow to the height of the ones that had it been irreparably damaged by the actions of the defendant. And because of this, the court found that the plaintiff is entitled to comp- compensate compensation for the loss of use and enjoyment of the trees to the extent that the remedial work does not completely replace what had been lost the judge. And then the judge also uh, granted an injunction preventing Katkar from entering or interfering with the claimant's property in the future. So that was a long winded thing to read, but Oh mm-hmm. my God, what a mess. It's one thing to like cross your neighbor's property line and, Cut a branch off a tree because maybe it's getting in the view of the, you know, like from your window to the waterfront or something that your neighbor's tree is growing. But to, to cut a hole in the fence, go back and forth with a chainsaw, cutting 15 feet trees down to four feet trees after being told by the neighbor, after being told by the police, I'd want a rocket launcher <laughs> if I lived mm-hmm. around her. This person seems like a nightmare. So I was when i read this story i was trying
3: to think like why was this neighbor so offended by these trees because the owners of the trees talked about how enjoyable it was to have these tall trees to give privacy to the property
0: yeah because a chain link fence is like it's almost like it's not even there when you're 10 feet away from it you'd see right through no privacy a nice 15 foot tall hedge that's a permanent fence privacy screen it breaks the wind You would want something like that. I I don't know why either would have a problem with it or why she would have a problem with it. The only explanation I can have, and maybe I'm projecting here, but I remember um, my mom has a property that abuts the uh, water frontage outside of Halifax and a tree on her neighbor's property. was like big and overgrown and as a result it kind of prevented some of the view from my mom's patio to the waterfront and i remember she was kind of negotiating with the neighbor like i'll split the cost if you can get that tree cut back just so i can have better access to the view or whatever and they they ended up arranging something but i'm just wondering in this case is maybe it like you know one house with a nutcase a giant fence or sorry a giant hedge the other house with the person who's doing the suing and then water and maybe the reason this lady this lady kept going over and cutting the trees down is so she could see the water that's my only explanation
3: yeah normally the expression is good fences make good neighbors mm. and in this case it's the opposite cuz the the great natural fence that they had with these trees uh infuriated their neighbor
0: yeah that's <laughs> and right and, and, and did something about it and she had a fence they or they had a fence she cut through it and yeah it sounds
3: like yeah, i don't know like if you put up an actual privacy fence that was quite high like would she chop that fence down like it's again it's too bad whoever wrote the article didn't get these people on the deeper. phone yeah, yeah yeah just call them up and say hey can you give us some insight into what your issue was with the trees you know Mm-hmm. Was it the view? Do you just hate trees? Do you just want to send a message to your neighbor? Like your head is next? <laughs>
0: uh, I have a feeling it's, it's like rich people though. Cause it, she didn't like, she got a war. Uh, she, she's out $150,000. She knew she was going to get sued. The police got involved. She didn't care. She didn't even show up for court. According to that article. Maybe yeah, this is someone probably. who's just maybe she's well, like it's worth 150 grand for me to have those trees four feet tall now.
3: Well, they said the the, the house that owned the trees uh, was a numbered company, mm-hmm. it was owned by a numbered company. So that insinuates that yeah, it was probably people. It's probably a wealthy neighborhood, mm-hmm. and yeah, maybe 150 dollars is nothing. She's like, I'll get a couple good years with my yeah. view.
0: $150,000 $150, is what you meant to say there. but I, What did I say? $150. Oh,
3: yeah. $150 to me right now is like $150,000 to them.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. A 15-foot tall cedar hedge, that that's a really nice hedge. I would love to have a hedge like that around my property. But the problem is a hedge costs a fortune because you got to – and it takes a lot of time. It costs a lot because you got to buy a whole bunch of plants to plant them one after the other. I looked at this actually or looked into this a few years ago when I was considering a fence. I was yeah. gonna buy cedar and they were they were like you know like a hundred dollars a plant or something. And and when I looked at it, I was like, man, I'm gonna need like 60 of those to cover where my fence would be, like the area I wanted to fence off. And not only that, I'll have to wait ten years for they're tall enough to do their thing. And I opted not to take that route. But it's a real-time investment,
3: but still financially. Uh, less of a commitment than a standard wooden fence. Yeah. Wooden fence now costs, $25, $30,000. 25 dollars. It's you know?
0: crazy. What a fence costs. And that's for a small
3: yard. That's yeah. where you know, like, it, like if you have a big yard, you are looking at forty, fifty thousand yeah. dollars for a privacy fence.
0: Yeah, it's it's wild. But you know what? Like, nothing beats a really nice hedge that's been gr- that's grown for thirty years or something. You know, like where it's mm-hmm. like thick, kids can't squeeze through it. Um, even but throw- Homer
3: Simpson can. not
0: he backs into it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, I'm interested in learning more about this story. I would like to know, you know, it, just getting the view from the context of the judge's decision, of course, doesn't tell the whole story, but it tells me enough that I want to know more. I'd like to know what led these people here or what led her to do that. That's an outrageous thing. To tr- and it, we didn't talk about this. It's a ton of work. There's like a to ton take of it, work. To take a chainsaw, and chop it, and chop like seventy. What was it? Seventy trees? Seventy-one of them. It's a hell of a lot I'm of work. I'm just
3: picturing the arms on this woman, and <laughs> there's only one thing that can really motivate someone to do that, and that's an absolute life of misery. Mm-hmm. Like she's lived a miserable life. Uh, it's only been been. Uh, you know, road bumps and, and, and horrible things happening to her, you know, tragedy after tragedy. And finally the hedges pushed her over the hedge and then, <laughs> and I'm getting my chainsaw and yeah. I'm coming after it and I'm, and I'm, and I'm not taking it anymore.
0: Yeah. That's, that's what happened here. Um, so I got one last thing to tell you about this. Wasn't on our dossier for things to talk about. But I okay. just got like a last minute email from a listener uh, letting us know about something that Tim Hortons has done. And I, you're, you're going to be mad at me here, but I dare say this is the first good move Tim Hortons has had in, uh, since the launch of this show. I really have nothing bad to say about this. Tim Hortons launched something. It's, it's an online store that's called Tim's Shop. I think it's tim shop let me see here it's called tim shop and what it is is like they're selling tim horton's apparel like cups and mugs and coffee grinds and all that sort of thing but they actually have just launched a new clothing line yeah and I dare say the stuff is actually nice Uh, and the reason it's nice is because it's all modeled after the OG, the old school Tim Hortons designs. There's a hoodie on there that I was looking at and I may buy it. It's, it's Brown and it has on the back. It has like the original Tim Hortons donuts, uh, logo. Um, the prices are good. I think for people who are interested, let me see if I can show you on screen there. Like, look at this guy. Can you see his hoodie right here? The yeah, brand I see
3: it. Get it. Oh, take it away. Get it out of my face.
0: Yeah. Uh, so I think some, a listener sent me that thinking I was going to be outraged at what Tim Hortons was up to, but I'll tell you right now.
3: Yeah, but you are just the person that would want this. Like, you found a roll up the rim to win t-shirt at Value Village <laughs> and you wore it for a week straight without <laughs> taking it off. <sighs>
5: Like Probably I'm sure not. you went
3: in the
0: shower with that thing on. I may have to buy one of these sweaters. Uh, do you want I one? I
3: know you're going to buy one, a hundred percent. I guarantee. <laughs> next week, when we sit down to record this episode, you're going to have a big Tim Hortons hoodie on. And a big, and you're just
0: s- smiling. Feeding
3: the machine, man. You're just. This is, of course, are like people can't stand our current brand right now. So how can we still continue to sell to those people who hate our current brand? Is that we'll get the nostalgic uh merchandise out and all the people that used to like us would be like i won't buy their current stuff but i'll buy their old stuff <laughs> so now they're selling you new versions of their old stuff just to keep selling uh, to you and tricking you into buying more things from tim hortons don't do it man don't uh, do it
0: but it's like is it not no uh, i guess it's get not, it not. a
3: way <laughs> I'll have to think about it.
0: Um, yeah. I'm just thinking if I order it now, it'll be here in time for the live show at CaperCon. Uh-
3: uh, don't wear it next to me. No, <laughs> no. This, the live show will be canceled if you show up in any Tim Hortons apparel whatsoever. Okay. It's it's corporate manipulation. You have to stop allowing yourself to to fall victim to it.
0: Yeah, you're right. I got some soul searching to do, buddy, but I think we've done our our tasks tonight, our task tonight. We found some stories that I think prove that Canada is a cornucopia of nonsense. We had the weird hedge fight. We had the stupid arrow dart thing. The people found the rockets, not the rockets, the rocket launcher, and of course, the wild bee story. But I think... Sad to say, the highlight of the whole thing for me is the Sun Chip story. Uh, thank you to everyone who sent us in the voicemails. Kitty, your research was incredible. Uh, Corey, you provided some insight that was very valuable. And then we had Dave in uh, at the grocery store. I guess grocery store place who dropped the uh, the craft jam bombshell. Uh, that was my highlight.
3: Yeah, and we still haven't gotten definitive proof yet that cinnamon Sun chips ever existed so I'm not
0: convinced yet are you it looked what what I saw looked like a Photoshop uh, yeah it what, looked
3: like an AI generated bag of uh cinnamon Sun chips
0: um and I think that's what it was uh I think mm-hmm. Zach I don't know what he's up to but he's up to something Let's leave it yeah, at that. It's it's called wasting everyone's time. <laughs> well, with that, let's wrap it up. Uh Handsome Aaron Airport. Until next time. Jordan, until next time. Uh keep your distance from your neighbors. Because you know, they can be weird, they can be annoying, but sometimes I worry they could be dangerous. And Jordan, until next time, I'm going to
3: bring a chainsaw to the recording of the episode. Sounds
0: like fun. Mm -hmm. I want to thank you for helping Aaron and I fulfill our mission to keep Canada weird, but let us also call out to you for even greater support. If something weird happens in your neck of the woods, make sure you let us know. We'd love to hear about it and include it in an upcoming episode. As well, if you have any thoughts or opinions on any of the stories we discussed tonight, we want to hear about that too you can send us a voice memo at nighttimepodcast.com slash contact. We both hope to hear from you. Now, to wrap things up tonight, I'm going to give some thanks. First, a big thanks to Aaron for sharing another evening with me and with you, the listeners of Nighttime. A shout out to the internet's favorite cult leader, Unicol, who provides this series' intro and outro voiceovers. And lastly, but most importantly, a massive thanks goes out to each and every one of you listening to Nighttime, as without your interest and your support, this show would be as pointless as it would be impossible. And on the topic of support, I want to specifically call out to the newest subscribers to the premium feed, Stacy, LM, and Krista, thank you for your generous support and for anyone else not currently subscribed to the premium feed let me tell you about it our premium feed subscription costs just a couple dollars a month and that money funds the creation of the show but more than that the premium feed gives you access to the episodes two days early it gives them to you ad free and it gives you access to a full back catalog of nighttime episodes if that sounds like something you're interested in you can go premium right now at patreon.com nighttimepodcast And if for whatever reason you can't go premium, but still want to support the show, a great way to do that is just share this episode on social media and let all your like-minded friends know what we're doing here. So until next time, I'm going to ask you to take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and please let us know if you see anything weird.
2: Keep Canada Weird is written, hosted, and produced by The Nighttime Podcast.